are listening live to the program. Your teams, your town, your program. And now, Soren Petro. Right, you are, Kay. Never, that didn't really apply. Thank you, Curtis. Yes. This would be the time. Thank well, you. Well, it is you. Uh, I was right. I didn't say, and now somebody else. Yeah, that's true. We got we did get that part right. Uh, it is the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Soren Petro, Curtis Siebold, Adam Dravetta with you as uh, we'll take you all the way up until 6 o'clock. And, uh, of course, the uh, biggest story continues to be uh, the... Tragic shooting that occurred at the end of the Kansas City Chiefs victory parade. We uh, we got a couple things we want to we want to cover here at the top on that subject, and we of course will be on top of uh, any new news that comes. If there's another press conference, there was a uh, presser earlier today. Uh, Todd Lebo joins us here in the studio as well. Todd, I don't believe there's another one scheduled. At this time, is I that- have not seen one yet. They haven't given a ton of lead time on these. As uh, they've gone through them, the, the police generally tweet out uh, what's going on. They kind of just do it maybe an hour before it's supposed to happen. We'll keep our eyes on that. I would think maybe the county, um, you know, Jackson County prosecutor may at some point say something. But here, here's what I've learned today talking to people. In well, just around. real quick, we, we, I want to I say this. We're going to talk to Todd. We're going we're gonna to reset you on everything that we know and where we're going because we have hit 24 hours since the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that's 24 hours since when the 24-hour clock starts to file charges. After someone's apprehended, yes. So we're, but we're in that neighborhood now. That was a, a question that was asked earlier this morning on one of the press conferences. So I want to update, uh, update you on where we think we are and where we think it's going. We're also going to talk here shortly uh, with Justin Hoover um, from The Battle Within. Uh, I had a couple of different uh, first responders reach out to me. Uh, talking about the, the coverage we were doing and just what all was going on and, and kind of the back and forth. And, and so uh, I think it's important today, and I heard the Border Patrol talking about it earlier today, uh, to get some people, you know, if you're – and you may not even realize you're having some hard times with this, but just uh, let everyone know about the battle within and, and that there are people out there and, and stress to getting help. And then we're going to pivot away, and we're going to start – you know, a little bit more of what our normal show would be, uh, keeping an eye on everything that's going on. I don't know that it'll be real normal for a little while, but we'll do our best uh, just to understand. Uh, we don't we don't forget about it. We don't move on from it. Uh, it's still there, and we'll continue to cover it, and Todd's been all over it. Uh, from the get-go, can literally 40, 50, 60 feet from where we think it happened. Um, but I just want everyone to know, and we will we will get to and try to, uh, you know, do some sports talk. We'll we'll talk. Bob Ibeck's going to join us. Uh, talk about uh, you know we always have these great footballs that, that, was a, that are it was available. A celebration yesterday yeah. until it wasn't. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, Stuff the chumps. Peter Yachinik will be with us. We'll play. There can be only one. Uh, Blair Kirkhoff coming up. Uh, Mike Sandoz final visit. We've got a lot coming your way, but we want to start, Todd. Where we sit right now on the timeline of what's coming, we are at 24 hours since the situation happened. Mm-hmm. I know you've been talking with a lot of people today. What, what, what's next so, in this process? You know, you heard the the mayor, police chief, and fire chief in their press conference. That was 10:30 ish or so. They talked about 24 hours, but they also said that the two of the people apprehended, who appear to be what they said involved in the shooting, they're juveniles. That changes everything. Okay, that means there's privacy issues that aren't there for adults. That makes it more complicated. Now, you can certainly recertify someone. A judge can say this is going to be tried as adult. We've seen that a lot of times, but that doesn't happen in the snap of a finger. That involves a hearing and, you know, kind of all those things. So a lot of people are anxiously awaiting some of this. It may not happen 
in the timely manner that you'd like it to happen. And we may not find out names and details in whatever reports filed because of the juvenile status of these folks right now today. So just know that you may not be satisfied today with what you hear. There, in other words, there, here are the what people want is here are the, here two are the three people. Three, yeah, three people. As we it was confirmed on the press conference this morning, who are the three people? What was going on? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not. Uh, we're probably not going to get a incident report. You know, so and so had this gun at this place. You may not get that today because because of the juvenile aspect of this. As I said, you can be tried as an adult, but that happens with a hearing, and a, you know the, the the juvenile department needs to say yes, they can be as adults, and that stuff takes a while. And you know we'll we'll see if there are charges and, and if it goes through, but it's not something that you can just look up online that's public record like everything else when it when it's involved the juvenile. And generally speaking, there are violent crimes that happen every day involving juveniles, and no one cares about them, so they don't warrant a press release or something. The people I've talked to have said. You might get something more than that. You might get a, like a press release that just gives you the bare bones basics. Hey, someone has been charged. They are juveniles, whatever. They don't issue those things in most cases because no one cares about most cases. This is different. So you may get a little more than you would get in some juvenile cases, but certainly not what people probably are craving right now, which is not going to be satisfactory to people. But these are also the laws that are in place for many reasons in our country. Yeah, and, and like you said, if it's not a, a, a high-profile case like this, no one's even asking about it. Nobody cares. But because so many people were at affected, the, and affected, saw it, watched it, uh, were there, yeah. uh, it, you know, you, you want something different. Well, we do know 23 people injured now is the number that mm-hmm. was given this morning. Three people in custody, one shooting incident. There was not two locations. That's what the police said today, yeah. Just one one location where, where shots were fired. Not commenting still on what, how many, or what kind of guns, right? Um, and you know, now we sit and wait. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I know we want stuff right now, but you just have to let these things go through their process. If you know something, if you have some video on your phone, you've seen the stuff. The police and the FBI would, you know, they're trying to triangulate and use. I mean, they got some technology that we're sitting here trying to just look at things and look at Google Maps and figure things out ourselves. They're better at this. Help if you can. Okay, that's my advice to people. And have some patience. I mean, this is literally 24 hours and 10 minutes ago. You gotta, you gotta have a little bit of patience in this. But just give people a little, little thought that because, as the police chief said today, these are juveniles. Two of them are juveniles. That this will be a little different than some things that you're used to. Yeah. Um, and and any idea on a timeline on when? Not really. No. And, and, and we may not know. Like, just the juvenile aspect may mean it's all no comment. All sealed up. It could be all sealed up. So, um, you know, we, it, it's frustrating, I know. Yeah. But this whole thing's frustrating. It's frustrating right. that people got shot. It's frustrating that juveniles were shooting people. I mean, all of this is just awful. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, and it's not going away. You know, I, I, I people at ESPN calling and, and, you know, it, it is a national story. It was on ESPN last night. It's global, and it's uh, and and I think you're right. I, I think any thought we had that we were going to get some kind of peace of mind, frankly, that was probably wrong. Like we had things we wanted to hear, mm-hmm. but that probably wasn't going to give us peace of mind either. Right. I don't know what gives you peace of mind. I mean, it's just like it's just the whole thing's tough. It's a tough thing all around. I mean, there's no good news, bad news on any of this, but just. 
that's just what we know today. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, maybe we can be surprised with a little bit of a press release, but they can't just go out and throw names out until a hearing happens and all that. All right. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate it. Todd Lebo. I've been covering this literally since it happened, as he was uh, just a little ways away from where it happened. And uh, if we get any more information, uh, we will certainly update you. I mentioned earlier I had a good friend of ours, you know, Gary, uh, firefighter, was talking about uh, having, you know, unfortunately been called to the scene of different things that have happened where children are involved and just how traumatic that can be uh, for our first responders, for everybody. I think everybody's moved and, and upset. There were tears here in this building, people worrying about loved ones, family, friends. Uh, it was an emotional day, continues to be an emotional day, and, and certainly for those that were there to care for uh, the injured, to try to apprehend those that uh, need to be apprehended. Uh, a traumatic experience, and uh, there is a great organization called The Battle Within. You're the Border Patrol talking about it earlier this morning. Uh, let's welcome Justin Hoover uh, to the uh, program. He is the executive director of The Battle With Within. Justin, thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. And let's just start with this. Tell us about uh, The Battle Within and, and how people can uh, get in touch. The Battle Within is a nonprofit here in Kansas City that serves our veterans, first responders, and frontline medical personnel, really providing that gap in mental and behavioral health services so they can become the people um, that they are really meant to be to work past the trauma that they've endured in service to us all. You can find us at thebattlewithin.org. Um, and really, you know, we're here for instances like this. Um, our first responders yesterday was a national tragedy that we all felt very closely. Um, you know, I think it's, it's important to remember a lot of those first responders that were there yesterday are back at it today. They had to have their head in the game. And, you know, this was something that was very traumatizing and they're working through it right now. Um, but at some point, uh, here in the very near future, they're really going to have to come with grips and, and once they get off the job and, and, and really deal with the traumas that happened yesterday as they ran to the sounds of guns and then, and, you know, help these children that were shot and these, these other folks that were shot and, and really process that. And that's really where the battle with steps in. And Gary, you just hit upon it. Uh, that's one of the things I was talking to a friend of mine that's a longtime fireman, Gary, and he said, you know, every time he was ever called to anything that involved children, he said it's it leaves a scar every time. He said, and every time you're called to the next one, it really pulls all those scars off. He said it it it's like you're going through all of them all over again. He said it you just he said it's not just like oh here's a new one I've already dealt with and gotten past those old ones. He said for him it always brought back the memories and the feelings of the other situations. So, you know, even if somebody was just on the periphery of this, they may not feel like, well, wait a minute, why am I feeling bad? Because I, I, I didn't, I, I just barely had to deal with this. If they're, you know, a first responder that was just kind of on the periphery, he said there were times that he would just feel overwhelmed uh, because it, it, it brings all that stuff back to you. Is that commonplace? Is that something you've heard before? Oh, a hundred percent. So um, I'm a, combat infantrymen and I did a tour in Iraq 20 years ago and had a active shooter situation with kids and yesterday was you know I got caught myself really checking in and really feeling it and and you know that was so long ago and and really for our first responders you know just seeing the bravery that they they put on to run forward and they didn't miss a beat because they don't um you know and that's something that's all that stuff kind of goes out of your head in the moment, but 
after the adrenaline wears off and after the incident is over, you know, it really kind of closes in. And that's something that's really challenging. It can be if you're isolated and you, you don't share that and you just try and compress and suppress it, something very dangerous to your own mental health, both in the near and the long term. And so really it's battle within we our services. Um, we have our frontline uh, therapy network. Um, to really help you find that therapist, to find those people with the cultural competency to, to understand your traumas and be able to tend to them in a meaningful, respectful way to help you be able to process through, process those and, and work through with healthy coping mechanisms to really retain the person that you, you want to be, um, and not have, you know, some of those PTSD symptoms that be over exaggerates, but you know, just that hypervigilance, that quickness to anger, that shame, that guilt, that really keeps you from from being uh, a whole person in service to everyone else. Uh, we're talking right now to Justin Hoover, executive director from uh, the Battle Within. Uh, the Battle Within org is the website. Just a couple more for you here. We're talking about naturally tough men and women. You just mentioned running towards the danger here, and part of that is having to suppress it, one, to focus and do the job. And sometimes that's something that they can't switch off, and and, and sometimes that's something that, that maybe they just force themselves uh, to not switch off, even if someone's not necessarily feeling it today, right? Better to call, better to reach out, go to the website, and, and make sure you're okay. Nothing wrong with a, a, a few minutes or, you know, and no, I think you're doing okay, right? Like, you know, people got to be careful. These, these are tough people that, that are trained to not be affected in the moment. It's okay to let your guard down, and I would think that's maybe one of the biggest hurdles you face. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of the things, you know, we've already seen a lot of our alumni that have had services come back and really say, hey, I'm struggling. We're actually putting together a support group for them on Saturday. We're working with some local agencies um, to do more of a public one later on. Um, but really, you're right. I mean, it is something where, fortunately, we have some great advocates in our community that can reach out and check on each other. Um, and, and it is something that's, that's changing. But I think it's important for first responders uh, that may be impacted by this to kind of realize, like, you don't necessarily see the changes because they're slow, but they're there. And there are so many around you that are getting services and it is helping them not fall into this um, depression and isolation and despair. And so they get to move on with their lives. And so, yes, reach out. There's no shame in that. There are so many that are doing it. We've seen a large uptick. We're going to see an even larger uptick in the coming days as people are able to, to breathe a little bit and process this, and it's completely normal. And it's, it's probably the most healthy thing you can do for yourself right now. And, and maybe my last question, maybe if there's some good that could come from this horrible tragedy, if someone wasn't involved in that, you know, let's get this message out there. You mentioned first responders, yes, also our, our military uh, personnel, yourself, you talked about your tour uh, of duty you know, if you're feeling this, maybe we get a couple of folks that are, are dealing with this kind of thing and, and we can get them in. It's not just for people that were affected by the situation, although we all were. Anyone in Kansas City certainly was. But if you've been dealing with this, don't don't be afraid to, to go to the website, to get in touch with people. And, you know, maybe we can get a couple of folks that, you know, weren't involved with working this particular situation uh, that, that have needed the help for a long time. 
Yeah, that's a great point. You know, for the community, the battle within, we've been, we stand ready for when events like this happen. Um, and it's because of our community that gives us the financial and, and volunteer support to really allow us to do that. And so, um, you know, we're very grateful for Kansas City. If, if you'd like to make a donation to continue to support that work, um, you can go to battlewithin.org. And, and again, if, if this is something where you feel you might need services, you're a veteran, you're a first responder, you're one of those frontline medical that responded yesterday, please reach out for help. Um, we're happy to talk with you. We're happy to get you the resources you need. Um, and, and thank you for serving our city uh, so valiantly yesterday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Justin Huber, executive director from The Battle Within. It's thebattlewithin.org. Uh, go there and get the healing process, get the help uh, that you might need if you're feeling it. First responder, military, uh, please, thebattlewithin.org. Uh, Justin, thanks for all you do, buddy. And uh, thanks so much for spending some time and helping us, uh, you know, be a little part of, of getting your message out there. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. All right, uh, Justin Hoover there, uh, Executive Director uh, for the Battle Within. So we certainly hope uh, anyone, any first responder, any military, like I said, hey, maybe some little bit of good will come from this that somebody who wasn't otherwise going to call right. uh, will call. Go online, uh, thebattlewithin.org uh, is the website. Uh, one more update, and then we'll turn the page, and we're going to try to talk a little uh, football in our next segment, uh, Children's Mercy, uh, holding a uh, press conference. Uh, they announced that they still have three children hospitalized who However, all are expected to make a full recovery. Everyone else has been released from Children's Mercy. Uh, the three that are still hospitalized are expected to make a full recovery. So there's some good news. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. In, a, in a, a period of uh, just dark clouds, occasionally you get just one little ray, ray of sunshine and it makes so, some, something good, something to hang on to. Yeah, so that, that's good to hear. Uh, we will take a break again. We'll continue to keep you up to date with any new information that we get. We're going to talk a little football uh, as we move forward here in the program. If we get any more press conferences, any more information, we'll bring it to you as soon as we get it. Our thanks to uh, Justin Hoover, uh, thebattlewithin.org. All right, welcome back here on the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Soren Petro, Curtis Seabolt, uh, Adam Dravetta. Running the operation today. Um, I already forgot what's the kid's name. What did we give him? Oh, Hermit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we Hermit. We've dragged him out of his out of his hole, forcing him to sit with other people, kicking and screaming. He doesn't seem socially maladjusted. No, as as a you know just no. a guy seems pretty yeah on top of things you know but. You know, we'll see. I, I had a little bit of that. I mean, I was fine with hanging. I didn't necessarily go out and seek interaction, but I was good with it. Okay. Uh, we are uh, going to try, you know, I mean, listen, there's no hard and fast rule to the 24 hours, but uh, we are now 24 hours past it, and we'll continue to update you uh, with any new information that we get. We also know that, listen, our role, we were pushed into the news part of the equation uh, yesterday because it happened in sports. We often say here in the program that, listen, what we talk about is sports. There's a lot of things that go on in life. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of political times over the last three, four, five years. And that for the most part, we don't indulge ourselves in that. Uh, there are times that it just drops itself into the middle of the sports world. Yes. And you can't avoid it because yeah. it is part of the sports topic. We are a, a news gathering organization. That was definitely yesterday. It, yes. was, it was unavoidable. Uh, but we will uh, begin to uh, make our way back towards what it is we do, which we hope that you view and, and we hope... Um, you know, you can enjoy 
uh, a release from whatever our you know we we went into this because we're not good at uh, deciphering or or frankly telling the story uh, that unfortunately too often times the news is is bad. That's why I didn't want to do it. We actually had conversations. Somebody said, "Well, you should do news." I, I was told once, and I was like, "No." And I said, "Well, why not?" I said, "Because I don't like the news. Too often it's bad. I don't like bad." And sports at its worst is your team lost. Yeah, I get upset when my team loses, but I, I and I get fired up about it. But big picture, I'm not losing sleep. Right. Uh, maybe others do. Congratulations if you think that makes you a better fan. 2018 AFC Championship game notwithstanding. Uh, I, was, I mean, they're rough. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't watch the shows. 2014 World About it. Uh, you know, yes, they're, they're it, it, it stinks, but, it, you know, this puts back into perspective. Yes. Uh, let's be honest. We're all just having a little tantrum when we're upset about our sports teams. And, and again, I think in my line of work, there's lots of people that act like, oh, it is truly life. It is not. No. It is not. And that's why we're in it, because we're not those people. And God bless and, and more power to all those that do do the news and cover these stories, because it's very important. It's very important for uh, people to be aware of what's going on in their communities and what's going on in the world. But it's not us. And, uh, you know, we do the best we can. Yeah. When called upon to do it. We certainly got a, a an appreciation for what those people oh, yeah. have to do. And we've we yesterday. said it a number of times yesterday that Jovan Belcher, Yordano Ventura, uh, the pandemic, uh, 9-11. Yep. You and I are old enough to go back yes. to, you know, being forced to you know, switch gears and, and cover 9-11. There, there are unfortunately major news stories that have happened uh, in our careers where we have had to, you know, try to put on a news cap and we do the best that we can but it's not really what we do and uh we'll try to give you as i know everybody will want that information as it becomes available uh we will give it to you we really i, I think uh, you know we've given you all we got yes on that and so uh we're going to pivot and start moving back towards what it is we normally do and and hopefully you know listen we understand if you're like well i don't want to hear that right now well, I certainly respect that. I understand it. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you do, we're here for you. Come on back when you are ready. And uh, we're going to start, uh, you know, trying to get back to doing what we do while keeping an eye on uh, what is important for you to know. So, uh, you know, it's 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 with a heavy heart to a degree. and And honestly, wondering if we're doing the right thing as well. That we that we press forward, uh, but I, um, you know, to me, I think it's the best that we can do now is to give people a release from uh, what has been a, a horrible tragedy uh, at the end of uh, what were great times. Um, from a Chiefs perspective, mm-hmm. we uh, got a chance for Monday and Tuesday to talk about the uh, the game itself. We'll kind of start to transition away from that. But what is the biggest challenge now for this team? You know, before this tragedy occurred, we had two pieces of breaking news that we never got a chance to really address yesterday because uh, an overwhelming story took precedent. But two pieces of breaking news. One, Steve Spagnuolo has been extended as the defensive coordinator. Generally speaking, position coaches are all one-year deals. 
renewed or, or re-signed at the club option. You know, Andy Reid's had a lot of guys that have been with him for a while, guys like, you know, uh, Andy Heck and Dave Tobe. They may be working on multiple-year deals. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a little outdated because the Chiefs have had such security at the head coaching position. It's been a long time since I've been compelled to ask, well, how long are your position coaches signed for? Is that guy still under contract? Is there a buyout there? Those are things when you're changing coaches as often as the Chiefs were in the previous regime that the questions come up a lot more. So I might be wrong and I might be outdated. And for that, I apologize if I am. But coordinators more so in this era have settled into multiple year deals, two or three ish. Right. So it was significant, significant enough and certainly because of the great performance of the defense from Steve Spagnuolo's uh, group, there was a want to put that information out there. And so he's in the fold. Great news. I think he's outstanding. I thought he was outstanding. I think you might recall when he was hired, before he was hired, a year before he was hired, at the uh, Super Bowl, uh, I interviewed Steve Spagnuolo and asked him if he would call. This is a, I actually did this. Sorry to Bob Sutton who was at that time and would be for the following season, the defensive coordinator, asked if he would call Andy and see if he needed any help from his old Remember that. defensive coach. And and Steve Spagnuolo, in classic Spagnuolo fashion, said, look it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not getting in my car and driving out there. Uh, no. He said uh, he was overwhelmingly complimentary towards Bob Sutton. He would have nothing to do with the conversation. Yes. And, you know, I think I, I maybe even, I think I either told him beforehand that I was going to bring it up or afterwards I apologized. I, hey, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. And because I can't remember if I had a chance to talk to him beforehand. It's been a while. It was Minneapolis. So it would have been 17. Yeah. That would have been January of 18, mm-hmm. February of 18. Um, but anyway, ultimately, he would spend a year off studying defense, studying offenses to learn how to stop them, to improve, not learn, he already knew how, but to learn to, to, to better improve his ability to stop them. And I, I remember when he was hired, there were people in this town that spent a lot of time harping on his New Orleans Saints season. Yes. And I've even heard that brought up when we talked about, hey, why not Steve Spagnuolo as a head coach? I want to reiterate, that was the season he had as New Orleans, he was an interim defensive coordinator. Because I, I can't remember the circumstances, but that was Sean Payton's suspended year from Bounty Gate and former Chiefs linebacker coach, and I think Saints linebacker coach, um... God, what was his name? Joe was it Joe, Joe Vitt? Pe- Joe Vitt. Joe Vitt. Joe Vitt was the interim coach that year. Yeah. I think they had two guys. Didn't they have two two interim coaches or was it just Joe Vitt? I thought it was Joe Vitt was the guy. Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they had an offensive guy and a right. defensive guy. But anyway, it was a it, like if you if you're gonna draw a conclusion from anybody involved in that situation like Joe Vitt, I'd see Joe Vitt. He wasn't very talkative, but back in the days when you could actually talk to assistant coaches, he's he wasn't very talkative. Right? Um, you know, I talked a lot to Gunther Cunningham over the years and, you know, various uh, – um, who was the great offensive line coach that got like a year as the OC. I uh, spent a lot of time talking to him. Um, when we say Joe Pendry, but Howard Mudd, that's not it. But anyway, but got one year as the offensive coordinator when Al Saunders left. God, what was his name? Um, wouldn't Arch, Arch No, 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 no. White guy. 
Um, hmm. Anyway, I'll, I'll think of it here in a minute. But Jovit wasn't a talkative guy. No. He didn't want to uh, talk to you, which I respected, and I didn't try to talk to him. But I can only imagine how that year might have gone if Jovit was like that as a head coach. <laughs> would be a tough go. But I bring that up just because like, I was amazed at how people – Wanted to hang their hat on what Steve Spagnuolo was, was that one year in New Orleans, which I guarantee you Steve Spagnuolo would, he just, he never throws anybody under the bus. So you would never even get him to say anything negative. But I was amazed when he was hired at how much people wanted to bring that year up and not focus on this is the guy that beat an undefeated team that had the first quarterback to throw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. You know, and what would go on to was becoming and would go on to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And he beat him with a what? Yes. Uh, nine and 17? Uh, yeah. 10 and 6 10 and was 16. the team that beat the unbeaten. 9 and 7 was the 11 team. 14 okay. points, too. They didn't win that game in a 42 to 38 shootout. Right. They won it seven. Right. He didn't hang on by his yeah. fingernails and back ass into one stop off an interception that was bounced off of Kadarius Tony's hands. Yeah. You know, on a perfectly thrown ball, they 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 snuffed them out. Fourteen points they they scored that game. And our friend Tommy Mo reminds us, Mike Solari. Mike Solari, thank you, Tommy. I knew Tommy. No, um, Mike Solari. Well, I talked a lot to him. You know, learned a lot of football from those guys. All, all great guys. Coach Herm Edwards did ESPN the other day with Herm, and it was great to talk to him. We were joking about when we would chat in the press box. So I used to do the mm-hmm. the uh, the podcast for the Chiefs website. Yep. yep. And red, so, red zone, yeah, the red zone, and you know, so like this is great news. I'm going to be first and foremost. I, I think he's a tremendous defense coordinator. But was this year more about Steve Spagnuolo? I, I, I preface all that to say I have been a Steve Spagnuolo champion when others were finding a reason to tell you that he's not a good defense coordinator. He is. And I think it's fair to say with four rings on his fingers as a defensive coordinator, he's a great defensive coordinator. And I think you can have a discussion, is he the greatest defensive coordinator of all time? I think that's a fair discussion to have. Yes, you know? he's the only guy with four. And he did it with two different teams. Um, yeah, he's done it with a couple of different teams. So, you know, I, I think I think that's important. And a, and a rapidly changing defensive roster. Just look at this roster and look at the one in 19 and think you want a title with both of those. Alright, so is it more Steve Spagnuolo or more the talent? The answer is both. It's it's not all one or the other. Yeah. But, you know, we, we, no one was banging the drum for him three years ago. No one was hating him. Because everybody, I think, kind of understood the talent, understood he was taking over for Bob Sutton. Um, it got better immediately. They won a championship in his first year. So no one's been upset, and, and and I'm not saying he's ridden that way. They've been a championship-caliber team. Every year he's been the defensive coordinator. They were lights out this year. What are our expectations for the defense next year? Now, listen, how accurate can we be? I don't know. Is Chris Jones going to be back? That's the other big story. He said he is while being uh, held up by Patrick Mahomes to keep from going too far forward on the stage. Mm-hmm. I bring that up to bring state of mind into the yes. equation when those comments are made. Easy to get caught up in the moment. Yep. Uh, you know, he, he said he's going to be back. The, But I'm not convinced. 
maybe I will be. Maybe uh, an extension is in the works, and that's why he said it. Oh, yeah, we're dotting I's and crossing T's now. Maybe he said it to get the pr- public pressure to, oh, and, he and said he's going to be back, and now he's not. And that's the other question that I think needs to be wrestled with by Brett Veach as far as what his offseason is going to be is, do you want Chris Jones back? Now, I'm going to tell you there's a case to be made for Chris Jones, for Legereus Sneed to be franchised and traded. And I can't remember. We need to go back and look whether or not there was a no-franchise agreement with Chris Jones at the end of this Mm -hmm. deal. But do you want a 30-year-old defensive tackle signed for multiple years on an escalating contract? As he gets older, the price gets bigger. Do you want a 28-plus-year-old corner on an escalating contract back in the mix? Or do you want the third-round pick that I believe each of them would bring back on their own just by letting them walk in free agency? If you think you can franchise tag Legereus Sneed, and you know we're going to talk to Eric Eager tomorrow, a conversation that we were going to bring you yesterday. I'll just tell you right now because we're not going to talk about the parade, which we would certainly do, but it happened before the parade, our conversation. But we're going to play, and it's all relevant stuff. We're going to play that tomorrow when Eric would normally uh, happen. We were going to play it on Wednesday to kind of wrap the season, but obviously the, the whole week's been turned upside down. But, you know, I talked about it with Eric. Like, well, what do you think you could get if you put the franchise tag on the Jerry Steed? And a lot of people like the idea of maybe, well, let's franchise tag him for one year. And then walk. Uh, NFL.com. This was back in uh, September, uh, September 12th, right when the new contract was announced. Uh, one of the first lines says, Kansas City has the option to franchise tag That's the right, defensive okay, lineman do. in 24. Yeah. So what's the path? I mean, the, the, these are certainly the, the biggest first. They got Steve Spagnuolo in the mix. This is now the biggest questions I've got is how do you proceed with those two? And there's also the variable that was dropped in four days ago was winning back your second straight. And how much does that change how you view this year? If they'd lost that game, the back-to-back is done. And maybe you look at the team and say, we're going to take a slight step back on defense, but if we – move these two guys and get picks and get cap room, we'll be more better positioned in 25 to get back on it and win another one. But now you're going for history. How much does that alter uh, how they view how good they have to be on the defensive side of the ball this coming season? I think that's a huge I think it's. I think it's changed. a question. It's, it's easily answered by me. But Yeah. I will say that if you look at how this season went, and even if you look at how the playoff run went, as amazing as it was, even with this, oh my gosh, defense, how amazing are they defense, they still had, they still needed a lot of, luck isn't the word, but they needed a great play by Sneed to bop that ball out against the Ravens. They needed a missed field goal. Now they would have had a chance for a two-minute drive, but my point is, even with this great defense, uh, a lot of things were still very, you know, nip and tuck in the playoffs. And I think that's just more evidence that what your priorities need to be is a great offense. And I think I know what your answer is going to be. And I think we're along the same lines uh, on that is you, you, you still you still move them because I think you 
you have a better chance of getting that three-peat if you take the assets that you have. We discussed this when they were kind of struggling. I, the difference I, well, between 12 and three offense or if, defense. If, if your goal is to go all in on a three-peat, that like th- this mm-hmm. is this. I, here's what I would ask you: what mm-hmm. What's better to be ten percent more likely? And at seven to one or five to at five to one, let's take five to one because that's easy math. Mm-hmm. At five to one, they're they're telling you you're twenty percent likely to to win the championship. Yeah. Okay. Keeping those two in the mix and and completely backloading, clearing out as much cap room as you can for this year, completely backloading, and then making moves, knowing that you're going to have to blow it up. You can improve your chances this year. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. But by how much? Yeah. The defending champions, all of them, including Patrick Mahomes, are just 20%. I think that's what people forget. And and let's note, Patrick Mahomes, if you want to say, well, that's wrong. They're higher than that. Okay? How much higher? Certainly no more than 50%, correct? Because Patrick Mahomes has won three championships in six years as a starter. Yeah. They're not 50% likely, I can assure you. (laughs) But mathematically... Historically, that's the highest I'll give you. Otherwise, you're just being goofy or you don't understand math. Both are fine in this world. Yeah. Go do what you got to do. You be you, boo. That's fine. But I'm going to give you reality here. It's definitely no more than 50%. And frankly, 20% is closer. But by keeping those two, you increase your chances by, I give it 20%. Are they 5% of the team? Uh, Are they a quarter of the team? No. 22 starters? Yeah. Maybe only Patrick Mahomes is 5. Maybe he's 10. But he's not 20 even. Yep. And so, for me, it's let's keep keep ourselves. This year, I think they were like 10% and they cashed. I think they were probably like 20% in 20 and they didn't cash. Right? This is kind of payback for the one they probably should have gotten in 20. This is payback for that. But can you turn those into resources, bring yourself maybe get back half of what they bring you, 75% of what they bring you, and be much better positioned in years to come to continue to succeed? And, and I want to stress, don't be a prisoner of the moment. Don't be a prisoner of the names. Because if... Five years ago, three years ago, we'd have said, no Charvarius Ward. There were people like, oh, why are we giving up Charvarius Ward? The secondary is the strength of this team. Well, because Legereus Sneed is there. And he wasn't Legereus Sneed of today. And you certainly had no idea who Trent McDuffie was. But it all worked out. And the, one of the real strengths of this defense was its youth. Like, I'm going to ask Mike Sando later today. What should be copied from this Chiefs team? Beyond the obvious, go get you Patrick Mahomes. Well, well, he's not available, and good luck finding him in the draft. Maybe Caleb Williams is close. Okay, after that, after the most obvious, to me the lesson to take away from this team is the youngest defense in football was arguably the best defense in football. Mm-hmm. Now, that's great scouting, and Brett Beach's crew deserves a lot of credit, but it's also they were fairly healthy. They were really healthy last year, even healthier last year. But they were pretty healthy this year. They lost Brian Cook. They lost uh, Derek Nottie. And late, they lost Charles Amenahu. And for a handful of games, they lost Nick Bolton. Here into the list of injuries. 
And they didn't have a mini who for I mean it wasn't an injury. They were six guess. games early, but they had yeah. enough depth to sustain that out that absence. Youth is cheap because they're on first year contracts. Youth is durable because they haven't been banged to hell. Why are you going to take what has been the recipe for success and change it? And I can tell you that if, if you would look at it as a binary equation, if you're all in, you re-sign those guys, and if you're not, you you don't. If you're moving forward. I don't think I think not re-signing those guys might be the best way to be all in because I agree. you put that money that those assets into the offense, you, you gain more points per game. We looked at that earlier. That, that there's really no regardless of how you view this coming year, you're better off not signing those two guys. Yeah, there, there is a path to do it with them. We can talk more about that uh, a little bit later on. Let's take a break. Uh, we come back. Uh, we're going to talk to Bob Ibeck. Uh If you want to commemorate the Chiefs championship, got a great way for you to do it. That's next here in the program. Welcome back here in the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Seren Petro with you as uh, we talk about uh, one of the positive sides of uh, the uh, Super Bowl victory. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs winning and, of course, everybody wanting to celebrate and certainly wanting to commemorate uh, the back-to-back championships three out of five years. Uh, our buddy Bob Iback from NICO Sports joins us here in the program. Got a great way for people to uh, commemorate this great victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Bob, how are you, sir? I am doing well, Saran, and uh, you know it's it's one of those things where people have been calling me and asking about you know after the uh, Super Bowl victory and the and back-to-back championships, they want to get things for the uh, you know upcoming anniversaries and and Father's Day, and Mother's Day, and and graduations and so forth. And somebody asked me, "What do you think? I what's what's appropriate?" And I said, "You know what? I think I've got just the item." For you, because this is an unbelievable time for Kansas City football and uh, being back-to-back Super Bowl champions. And I think what we have here, and it, it is going pretty quickly. I know we've talked before leading up to this, That's and right. uh, we're down to probably two-thirds of the way sold out on these commemorative footballs. They're officially licensed Super Bowl 58 footballs, full size. Uh, only 5,000 are ever going to be made, and. Uh, it's going to also help a, a great charity. That's why I get involved in these things. CASA, C-A-S-A. Uh, it, it stands for Court Court Appointed Special Advocates. And what they do in the community there in Jackson County, they have volunteers who advocate for the best interests of children, uh, many of whom are going through abuse or neglect. And I always have tried to uh, do some things that, uh, also raise monies for charities. We've raised over $3.2 million now in the last, oh, four or five years at NICO Sports uh, to help out people in the community. And I know a good amount of that money, Saran, has come from your listeners and your great uh, audience, and, and uh, we can't thank them enough. Now, if you'd like to go ahead and get these officially licensed Super Bowl footballs, they're not being sold anywhere else, uh, I'll give out a toll-free number on the website in just a moment. They're priced at just $119.95 each. They come with a numbered certificate of authenticity, which will increase its value. Everything on the various panels of the football uh, will be embossed, and that's a process that takes a little longer, but it will uh, make it look pristine looking for years to come and really keep it nice and fresh looking. On the top panel, we have an outlay of the entire 2023 season schedule with the scores, the dates, the opponents, right next to a Chiefs helmet logo. Really really makes it look pop, and it really makes it look nice. Stadium history, the Super Bowl 58 logo, 
in the championship history is on a panel right below that. And then the third panel is one of my favorites because I was told it's first time ever on a football that both Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey will have action photographs on the same panel of the ball with some of their historic facts, not only from this season, but they're from past seasons, all listed there. So it's a really nice-looking football. Uh, I do encourage people to go to the website when I give it out and take a look at it and consider it as a really nice gift idea for some of those anniversaries and Mother's Days and Father's Days that are coming up. The toll-free number to order these, again, they're only $119.95, and we probably have about two-thirds of the way already sold out, so you better do it soon. It's 800-345-2868. That's 1-800-345-2868. Or just go to the website, nikosports.com, N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com or call 1-800-345-2868. And, Seren, you know uh, I've been in sports for, gosh, 40-some-odd years as a broadcaster, covered the Baltimore Orioles, got to your city many, many times, have many friends and and family residents that live in your city, and I just want to give everybody a hug. I know it was a tough day yesterday. And uh, certainly my best wishes are with everybody there in Kansas City. Well, thanks, Bob. That, that does mean a lot. We, we appreciate it. it. It is a tough time. And, uh, you know, it's so sad that such a great event and, and moment is, is going to forever be remembered as uh, something that uh, the last part of the celebration ended in tragedy. And it's it's so frustrating and it's so disappointing and it's so heartbreaking uh, for the families. And we appreciate that. Thank you very much, Bob. You know, you've always uh, been so kind. And, you know, we've been fortunate to talk to you a lot, right, with the the Chiefs and, and all their success, and we got a lot of great, you know, uh, footballs that are decorating man caves and offices, and you know, this is a joyous time. We should be celebrating this, like you said, a great gift for Mother's Day, Father's Day. A uh, portion of the proceeds go to uh, help out here in the community, CASA, which is the uh, community uh, court-appointed uh, special advocates, community volunteers who are uh, advocating for children to help them uh, be safe and stable and find a permanent home. Everything about the football is great. It's part of the celebration, and and we love it. We love having you on because when we have you on bob we're winning right it's a it's, well, a, it's a great time and and unfortunately it's tinged with with, with such a, a heartbreaking moment it, it did but you know i, I well, i'm happy for andy reed uh you know it solidifies his legacy i know he's going to go to canton and certainly there's a number of players in that team uh mahomes and kelsey and others who have distinguished themselves throughout this run and i certainly uh Hope that uh, the, the Chiefs come back next year and do it again and do a three-peat because that's never been done. And that's got to be something. When you can go after something that's never been done in the history of pro football, that's something to say. Yeah, and it, you got to have the collection. If you've got, you know, last year's, you need the – You'll need all three. We'll need you back on, and we'll need a football commemorating uh, the three P. We've got the back-to-back football now. You mentioned it. Uh, NikoSports.com, N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com, or call 800-345-2868. Great gift for Mother's Day or Father's Day. Uh, Bob, we always appreciate it. Like I said, when you're when you're calling, we got good news. And, uh, you know, hopefully we, we can celebrate the positivity of it, uh, you know, right now. That's what I wanted to do today, just send out a positive message because we all need it today, and I certainly hope that people will remember that and certainly remember to uh, 
you know, just be joyous and, and, and be together with everybody. And that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah, Bob. Hey, we really appreciate it. Thanks for your heartfelt wishes. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. And we encourage everybody to get the football, help out in the community. And of course, have a great, uh, you know, piece of memorabilia, uh, beautiful piece of memorabilia, uh, for, to remember, uh, the great accomplishments of the Kansas City Chiefs. Bob, thanks so much for the time, buddy. And like I said, how about same time next year? Listen, we, I, I've got it scheduled and, and we got to get together for a steak dinner too. Cause I love that. I love that steak out your way in Kansas City. <laughs> We've got the best for sure. Bob, thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. All right. Listen, have a great day and a better weekend coming up and stay strong. All right. How many quarterbacks have had 40 yards rushing and a Super Bowl win? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.